I'm Jeremy Greer. There'll be peace when you are done. I'm Chris Mosier. Lay your weary head to rest. And I'm Lindsay Barnes. Don't you cry no This is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I cover every single episode of the TV super, TV show Supernatural. But as you heard, we are not doing that today. We are joined by a special guest, Lynn, uh, to interview her about her book, about Supernatural, and about all things hunks. How are you doing, Lynn? I am good. How are you guys? I'm feeling pretty good. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. We, uh, we're excited to have you. We're Chris and I are uh, kind of... What I have to assume is weird. We don't listen to other Supernatural podcasts, but uh, I would assume most of them are kind of connected to the fandom in a pretty large way. And me and Chris really are not. Like, our introduction to fandom stuff has really been this show. So it's been, you know, our listeners exposing us to stuff. And then also for like a while, we were both on Tumblr and then we got ran off Tumblr because we were scared. So that was <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Why did you pick Tumblr? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it was heady days of the early aughts. What can we say? Um, but uh, thank you so much. It's so exciting to have someone that's kind of plugged into like this entire industry that's around this TV show and has been doing it for such a long time. So thank you for joining a us. A long, long time. Yes. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I never get tired of talking about Supernatural. So <laughs> well, yay. <that's> <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, how did you like find the show? Have you been watching it from the beginning? Have you been, uh, did you come across it, you know, just randomly? Like how did you, how did you discover it? In a kind of a weird way. So, uh, yes, I have been watching it from the beginning, but I haven't been a fan from the beginning. So I had, a, I know, it's it's kind of a weird story. I so can't believe I had you hate friend. the first five seasons. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't tell Kripke that. Um, he knows me better than that. Um, it was kind of, I got into it in a weird way. I had a friend who... Uh, I think heard about it at Comic-Con before it even started and thought, oh my God, this looks like a great show and started watching it from the beginning. And as people do when they become really passionate about something, she tried to pull all the rest of us in our friend group into watching Supernatural. So we would have, you know, we were all over the country. We'd have these like girls, fangirls weekends every now and then where wow. we go to one of our houses and We'd watch, you know, all cut whatever we were into at the time. And this one person would always bring Supernatural. I almost said she'd bring her Supernatural DVDs, but that's wrong. She would bring her VHS videotape. No way. Yes, this is 2005. <laughs> wow. We're gonna. Wow. I'm gonna cut out the lengthy part of us to telling our listeners what a VHS videotape is, and just just that, that'll be in the outtakes <laughs> later, guys. Don't worry about it. The younger viewers might not know. <laughs> I know people are like, "What? You watched it on what?" Yeah, but she brought her videotapes, and she would force us to watch it, and I liked it. But I, I didn't really get hooked on it. And so I watched that whole first season basically because my friend was like, you've got to watch this. But it just didn't hit me. And then season two started and I thought, well, I'm going to watch this live because then, you know, I can I can talk to my friend about it. So I was sitting there one of the first episodes of season two and I was grading papers I'm a professor. I was grading papers as I was watching. And suddenly I realized the papers had literally slid to the floor. The pen that I was holding had fallen down. And I just said, oh my God, why did I not realize this was such an amazing show? And my daughter was watching also at the same time. And she was like, mom, what's the matter with you? You've been watching this show for the last year. What are you talking about? But it just grabbed me. And that was it. I went back, rewatched the whole of season one with like different eyes and I have been hooked ever since. And from then, yeah, it was just a straight line through, or did you feel like you still needed to build steam or was it, that was it? You found oh, no. a fandom? Or? It, it was, yep. That I mean, I fell down the rabbit hole in a big way. I think that very weekend, uh, my friend Kathy and I, who I wrote the first books that I published with, we fell down the rabbit hole together and discovered the fandom and went online and started reading fan fiction and writing fan fiction and just, yeah. 
that that was it. There was no looking back. That's That sounds like a lot of fun. When I first got into it, I think it was kind of the same thing. I got to the beginning of season two and I went, holy crap, this show is amazing. Why have I not been paying enough attention to this? And then you go back and you watch season one with those fresh eyes and it's like the greatest thing you've ever seen. Even though those episodes are definitely not the greatest thing, there's something about them that just feels really special right off the bat. Yeah, that's a, that's almost exactly my experience. And now I love season one. I mean, Me it's, <laughs> it's nostalgic in, in for one thing, but yeah, it's it's so funny when it just clicks, it clicks. It, it really does. It really does. I'm curious because uh, there's a question that we get a lot, um, which is if you had to convince someone to watch Supernatural on the strength of one episode, which one would you pick? And of course, you know, we're, we're, we're in season 11. Um, I've seen through like season 12 or so, uh, but we started the podcast so we haven't seen neither Chris nor I have really seen a lot of post season 11 stuff. Uh, but we, I'm curious, like when your friend would come to these uh, like groups, these these meetups, which episodes would she bring? Like, were they would she like season two, episode one? We're starting from the beginning, or would she pull like a like a weird meta episode or something? Like, what was she trying to? Was she selling you on the horror or the goofiness or the hunks or like what was she? No, was she she, going for? she she brought them from the beginning. Like okay, we cool. watched every single episode. That's the it way to do just, it. It was just on videotape, but we watched every single episode in order. We would just watch like, you know, six episodes at a time because we only, you know, got together every so often. So I saw season one as it was airing, like shortly after and in order, but not live. Wild. Okay, cool. Okay. If you had to pick think- one now, like which episode do you think, like convince a person who's never seen Supernatural uh, to, to like the show? Do you have, do you have a favorite? I'm, it's not my favorite, but I, I, I think I would still try to start them with the pilot because mm-hmm. I don't think it's, I mean, that's not my favorite episode, but showing my favorite episode without the context of what came before it, what makes the show, the show so rich is the relationships between the characters and how that, develops. I don't think you can plunge in in the middle somewhere, even in a great episode and really understand because that re- that relationship, it evolves. All of them right. do over time. Mm-hmm. Right. So with the with the fandom part of it, obviously you, you are a big part of the fandom, but a part of the family. Um, and this is is the supernatural fandom it seems like it's special it seems like it's unique and it's different than a lot of other fandoms but saying that like jeremy said we don't have a ton of experience with any fandom um so what is it do you think that maybe either drew you in here or what you think sets it apart i guess from um other fandoms that maybe you've been a part of or that you've seen from outside or or what do you think it is i mean i think it Fandoms are, they have a lot of similarities across the board. There are certain attributes of fandoms that make them really powerful communities for people. They really encourage creativity. They really encourage kind of being your real self and interacting with people out of a a more genuine place than we sometimes do in our everyday lives. So they tend to be very charitable and involved in kind of changing the world. So I think there's similarities, but I also think the supernatural fandom is really unique. And I think there's a couple of reasons why. First, the show has been on the air for 15 years. So it's, you know, that's really unusual, especially nowadays. And it came along, it it sort of coincided with like the internet. So Mm -hmm. it's the first fandom that has been around for 15 years. And all of that time, fandom has been online. That's where the community has been. So Mm. that has never happened for 15 years, really, except with this show. And then the other thing that makes it really, really unusual is that this show from almost the very beginning, starting in like 2007, started to have fan conventions. And it has had more fan conventions than any other show in the history of the universe, including like Star Trek, which we, you know, think of as the quintessential fan convention. I mean, in its in the the most the years where they had the most conventions, there was a convention like every two weeks. Wow. So these actors and these fans saw each other all the time. And and one thing as a psychologist that we know about things like stereotypes is that stereotypes do not hold up when you are interacting with people face to face. So maybe these actors came in with stereotypes about fans, maybe even negative stereotypes about fans. I don't know, but they certainly couldn't sustain them. So a really weirdly reciprocal relationship has been established between the actors and the fans, which is very unusual. So those two things, I think, have made this fandom really unique. 
I, I find that kind of fascinating because it's one of those situations where like I remember, you know, when Supernatural first started coming on, I was had just gotten married. I, we, me and my wife were both into horror stuff, so we like we we glommed onto it immediately, and like we never got into fandom stuff at all. Like we were just like we were big internet people. Like we've been on the internet since we were teenagers. We just never gravitated towards that size of it. And you, you talked about like that bias that people had towards fans of a particular thing. And like, I remember Trekkies being like a derogatory term in my like early twenties, like late teenage years, because it was like, right. oh, those, those are all nerds. And like looking at that now, uh, especially through a little bit of a historical lens and realizing like, Oh wait, these are people who were like trying to express themselves via this fandom. And that's been mm-hmm. the thing that I keep coming back to. Like I have been, humbled so many times by assuming things about various people or fandoms and things and just realizing like, Oh, all of my assumptions are untrue and I should take these people at their face value. And I think for a lot of people getting into supernatural, and I think this gets into your book a little bit, like they come into these communities and they're just so welcome, (laughs) welcoming. And then so just accepting that it's kind of like an, it's the first time people have felt that. And it, it's mm-hmm. really kind of an amazing mm-hmm. thing to me, especially for a TV show about hunks killing ghosts. Like it's they, there was no reason to have that. Like they didn't need any of this stuff, but they they did it and it worked and it resonated so well that it's like you said, it's lasted for almost you know a decade and a half now. Fifteen years. That's that is an incredible amount of time. I mean, I was seventeen or eighteen when Chris, I started. So I, Chris, you're so young. Oh my, you're baby, um, baby. I, um, thank you. I was thank fifteen you. years ago. Um, <laughs> When I so that was around when season four was airing, and I'm about to be 30 now. But to think of somebody genuinely stepping into this at 15 and finishing the show at age 30, those are such different points in your life. Or even 30 and 45, like anything like that. That that gap of 15 years to follow one single show through all that feels incredibly special. Yeah. Oh, and it's and it's so unusual. I mean, no matter what the starting point was, 15 years later for all of us is a is a completely different time of life, a completely different thing. So, you know, when people say, oh, I've grown up with this show, that's what it feels like. I mean, even people who weren't 15, that's what it feels like to me. And I wasn't 15 when I started it. <laughs> but it's, you know, I'm way different now than I was 15 years ago. And the people on the show, especially, you know, the cast, the real people on the show are completely different people now, too. So there's a sense of like a, a shared journey that we've all been on, both with the fictional characters and with the real life people who mm-hmm. portray them. And that kind of adds to the intimacy and that reciprocity between the cast and the fans. I think that's something that surprised Chris and I over the years of doing this podcast and getting uh, reactions from listeners and at the end of every season, we we have a um, feedback episode where you know listeners can write in and they we, they give us all kinds of you know hunt Mary kill prompts and things like that. Um, but like <laughs> some of the stories were just you know how special not only you know Sam and Dean are to the to them, but also Jensen and Jared as being you know kind of leaders or you know someone to look up to. And I think all of that comes from this huge amount of like conventions that they do where they really are showing themselves on stage, which is like mind-boggling to me like i can't imagine doing that at at all and i can't like the idea of even now like going to a supernatural convention feels so intimidating to me i would uh, like there was one in new orleans i I live in south louisiana i'm like nope i just can't make myself go like i just can't i can't imagine doing it (laughs) oh i was i was there we could have we could have said hello oh nice excellent i'm gonna we're we're gonna do it one day Uh, i'm gonna get chris i hope so yeah yeah yeah. there's gonna be one in like boston or something i'll be like chris you don't have to fly like let's go i'm flying up let's do this We're gonna, we're gonna yeah, hand yeah. out bad T-shirts and like really, you know, grow the podcast. You know, but. I I didn't realize that they were doing the most conventions, especially back in the early seasons, um, because they we I knew about video game conventions, I knew about Comic Con stuff like that. But back when I got into the show, um, I remember very early on hearing, "Hey, there's a supernatural convention you can go to," and some of the actors are there. And I thought that that was like the coolest thing ever because I barely even knew about Comic Con and stuff like that. So an idea where wait, I can go and I can see a convention for just this thing that I'm super into right now. Little, let alone do I know I'm going to be super into this and doing a podcast about it 10 years from now. Um, <laughs> but I always imagined the um, 
conventions looking a lot like the episode from season five <laughs> i Not imagine so i imagine that they're much bigger than that <laughs> yeah yeah and and they are much more heavily female yes, although yes. not not by any means all female but they certainly skew more female it's not that there are it's not that there are not tons of male fans, but just like you guys haven't been to a convention, a lot of the male fans haven't been pulled to go to the conventions, whereas a lot of the female fans really do enjoy the conventions. It's um, it's fun comparing stats because I mentioned this earlier, uh, but uh, Chris and I both had separate podcasts before we started doing this. I still do separate podcasts. Um, and if you look at stats and start looking at demographics of like who downloads and listens to these things, all of our other topics are are pretty nerdy and niche like i do stuff about the x-men or video games or whatever and it's like if you look at the little pie graph it's like all across the board 90 percent male like that's who downloads those podcasts and then you look, we look at monster of the week and i share this with my other co-host and i'm like man there's so many women that listen to us talk about supernatural <laughs> like <laughs> it's the yeah it's this the is it's it is i mean the female fandom for this show is particularly tight-knit and and a really powerful sort of community. So, and I, I think, you know, as the years have gone by, I have watched conventions become more and more men. So that mm. that has changed over time, but it's still predominantly female. Uh, you know, I'm, it's all of that stuff. Like when you first started going to conventions and things, um, were you... Were you doing that just for Supernatural or were you going to conventions for other shows and things? And like, were they, was there a certain feel that was different? Was it like, I mean, did you meet like those guys super early on in the show? And like, has that changed yeah. your relationship with them on in the, in the future? Like, can, can you kind of talk a little bit about that progress? I, I yeah. I didn't have a lot of experience going to conventions for other shows. I had been to like a couple of Star Trek conventions, um, but it, it just sort of like I went with someone, you know, like it wasn't like like a big thing. And I enjoyed them and it was cool, but it, it wasn't like a big thing. So I didn't have a lot of experience. Um, but when I when I say I fell hard when I fell for the show, I fell hard. So <laughs> within I think within two months, my friend Kathy and I were flying to Fort Worth, Texas to see Jensen Ackles in a community theater production <laughs> oh, of wow. A Few Good Men. Wow. So, what did What's he play? What, what did Jensen play? What was the t what was the role? <laughs> I gotta know. He he was he was the he was the lead you know the prosecutor the, kind the Tom, of the Tom Cruise character from the movie. Yes, wow. yes, the Tom wow. Cruise character. Yeah, that's incredible. Yes. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> yeah, I I remember the grief we got from our partners at the time. Like, you're doing what? You're going where? Have you lost your mind? Who are you? Like, who did I marry? So yeah, that was. But and then right after that, we went to Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con, because they were going to be doing a panel at Comic-Con. So we did meet them. We met them. We met Jared at that A Few Good Men. <laughs> he was he was also in the lobby getting candy when we oh, were wow. in the lobby getting candy. <laughs> so we had a lovely conversation about all kinds of things. And then we met Jensen at Comic-Con. So, yeah, we met them both in 2007, which was very early on. But then the first uh, the first convention that I went to, the first Supernatural convention was in later 2007. And I had no idea what to expect. I really didn't know what it was going to be like because it was very different than the Star Trek convention, which was at the time, you know, it was very established and people had been going to them since the 60s. So there right. were a lot of older people, um, whereas the Supernatural convention, the first one was, I would say, 99% women and skewed much younger. Interesting. Very interesting. I, um, you, you mentioned your partner is kind of like, you're doing what now? Um, I get that. My, my wife is extremely supportive of just about everything that I do. Like she, she, she takes it all in stride, but like every once in a while she's like, you're still watching supernatural huh <laughs> like yeah, this is a thing <laughs> does your don't understand we need these hunks yeah we gotta have the hunks you're uh does we your use partner... that word a lot just <laughs> i see you do use that well i don't use that word very often so i'm amused by it you're amusing me <laughs> everybody is a hunk in the monster of the week community so that's right <clears throat> um they are they are pretty hunky i'm not going to mm -hmm. dispute you mm-hmm 
But uh, is there is is there like a been a time where your partners are like, are you are you sure you're about all of this, or do, are they all just super supportive of of what you're doing and the th- and the things that you're doing in the fandom? Now, now everybody is supportive, including my children, who also were really not supportive <laughs> in the beginning. They were, they were younger, and they were like, "Where are you going? And why are you leaving? And what is the you know?" They couldn't. They didn't even watch it. Um, but everybody is fine now because I mean, this has become for me like a big part of my professional life as well. I've written, mm-hmm. you know, six books on Supernatural, and I go to conventions and take the books, and I do panels at Comic-Con and Wizard World, and I do podcasts, and, you know, it's it's like, it's part of what I do, and I love it, and everybody knows that I love it, so now it's fine, but in the beginning, I think, you know, I had never really lost my mind over anything before. I had, I had liked, you know, I loved the X-Files, I would consider myself a fan, but I never went to a convention, or, you know, I just watched the show, that was right. all. So it was weird. You know, I think if it, I had been on the other end of it, I would have also been like, uh, who is this person who I'm with? Because they don't seem to be the same person they were a week ago. Is it is it hard to explain this to what, I, what me and Chris call normies? Like when people ask me like, oh, what do you what do you do? Like, what, what you know, oh, do you hunt and fish or do this? I'm like, oh, actually, I, you know, my hobby is probably podcasting. I do that a lot. Oh, what do you podcast about? I'm like, Supernatural. And like someone literally like a friend of mine uh, asked me like, are you a 14 year old girl? What are you talking about? Supernatural. And I'm like, no, dude, like it's a fun show. Like just like, yeah. do, do you have trouble like with people understanding anything about what you do when you when you tell them, especially when it's about like a, a TV show or do pe- most people get it? Um, I don't have trouble anymore, but I think it's mostly because I've just gotten really good at shutting that down. You know, I am not afraid to uh, put on my doctor title and say, well, I'm a psychologist. Let me tell you why loving a television show and being part of the community around it is a really healthy thing. And, And once I get done that little spiel, they're sort of like, oh, Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Apologies, ma'am. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I started early with basically everybody. When I was on like season two or three, I just decided, you know, we need to peel the bandaid off right now and get every single person I know into the show. Um, so I watched, I think in the first two years that I was watching the show, I must have watched the first four seasons like five times. I just, wow. like, everybody, I was like, I'm going to your house. I'm bringing these DVDs. Buckle up. Here we go. I was all in on this. And I got my dad into it who to this day he's on season 15 he's always trying to tell me spoilers and i'm like pops come on i stopped because of the podcast like please i'm on season 11 don't spoil it what is, i love that what does your dad call dean and castiel's relationship i can't remember it i'd always it always gets a kick out of me oh i i asked him once about i was like well have you ever heard of like you know destiel or anything like that and he was just like what's that so i explained it and he was like oh i always thought they had more of like a father-son relationship going on <laughs> i was like well who's who in that situation father yeah who is but he also That's it is. Another quirk about him is that he has only in the last 10 years ever referred to Sam as Sammy. I don't even know if he knows that it's no one else is allowed to call him Sammy, but Dean. So I just don't, I don't really try with the details with him. He's just going to watch it and enjoy it. That's fine with me. Apparently your dad is also allowed to call him Sammy. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> Three people. It's Chris's dad, John, and Dean. That's, that's it. it. Yeah. That's it. Maybe Bobby on like holidays, but like not all the time. You know what I'm saying? Probably when they're drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, only when they're drinking. <laughs> so to to switch over to the book a little bit more, um, there'll be peace when you are done. Um, reading through this, actually, <laughs> I told Jeremy I wasn't gonna get too into it, but like I did get like a little bit emotional reading through some of this stuff because seeing the accounts from the actors and fans and people involved in the show for 15 years really helped to recontextualize how I felt about the show. I mean, we, we watched the show week to week. We had been for three years. There's no more binging. There's no more watching ahead or anything like that. Like we're pretty strict about what the way that we do the podcast. So it has, it has changed a little bit the way that I perceive supernatural, but reading through this really reminded me of, why I love this show so much and how important it was to me, especially when I first started the show, I was just going to college, felt like my whole life was being thrown apart and Supernatural was a a rock for me to cling to, which is why I showed everyone in my life so that when I come home, I can talk to everybody about Supernatural. I'm meeting new people at school. I'm like, hey, have you heard of the show called Supernatural? It's pretty cool. Um, it, it really did. Like it grounded me. And I've you know said throughout this podcast history many times how much I related to Sam and like the struggles that he goes through in that. And it it was something that that 
super, super grounded me, kept me going. Um, and reading through all of these passages in the book reminded me of that. And that's when I started to like kind of get emotional, like remembering how much the show meant to me. So I assume that the process of, of putting this book together must have sort of been an, a, a very emotional experience for you. Oh my God, so emotional. And not just for me, for everybody, because by the time we started pulling it together, we knew that the show was going to be ending. So asking people to look back on something, whether they were actors or fans, to look back on something that had been so incredibly important to them, and oftentimes over a really long period of time, was asking them to write something that was going to be really emotional. And I mean, everybody rose to the challenge. I, you know, I would get a draft, especially from the actors like you. I think as a as a fan, you know, I always look at it from the point of view as a fan. Uh, so I know for us as fans how much it has meant to us and how emotional we are about it. And I know these actors. I've known them for a long time now. But somehow I still underestimate sometimes just how important this has been to the actors. So even people who wrote chapters, who had only been maybe in one episode or a couple of episodes, that experience, both of playing that particular character and of interacting with the fandom and what that meant, had really been important even to those people. And right. and that made me emotional, you know, reading how important it's been to other people, because that's, that's really what I wanted to do. I wanted it to be a book that everybody could kind of hold on to as the show, you know, comes to its ending, like a, almost like a transitional object so that it could help people through getting through the loss and the grief of it ending and really give them something to hang on to that just celebrated why it was so special for everybody. Right. And I think especially, you know, the state of the world right now, a lot of conventions are being canceled or being moved. And I think that communal space and time um, to to grieve the show, essentially, and, and to celebrate the show has sort of been put on the back burner. So I think that this book is actually going to be a, a really great supplement for people who are maybe looking for that outlet to experience with other people. And now maybe that has been put on hold and it's not as immediate of a thing. And, and having something being like me, like again, reading through this, getting kind of choked up. I'm on season 11. I got like four more years left of the show or four more seasons. <laughs> I'm envious. You know? I'm envious. I, feel, I feel pretty, pretty lucky that we still have so much of the show left. Like we'll be able to keep going for a while. And as long as not everything gets spoiled, we'll still have our fun with it. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like this is going to be a great companion piece to um, everyone's grief, <laughs> but also yeah. to, to the show in general. You know, five years from now, if somebody picks up Supernatural on Netflix and, and binges through it on their summer vacation or something like that, you know, maybe I hope I, I highly doubt the fandom will have moved on, but there might not be as many conventions. There might not be as much immediate um, uh I don't know, grouping to grab onto right in the moment, but then they can find something like this book that celebrates this in the moment in its final days. Um, and I think that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I wanted it to be sort of a lasting testament to just how special it was. And the only way to really convey that, because it's been such a, a reciprocal thing, both with the actors and the fans, I felt like the only way to really convey that specialness was to have both actors and fans write chapters. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it struck home for me because, um, and I promise this isn't self-promotion. People people know this about me. It has nothing to do about Supernatural. But uh, I used to run a podcast where I interviewed people about their experiences with this one particular video game called Dark Souls. And very early on, it was like, oh, like you're a speedrunner or you're this guy or you're my friend. So let's talk about stuff. And then as it developed, it became like, you know, I had problems with substance abuse and Dark Souls was my haven away from that. Or I had problems with gender identity. And it really, this made me feel like I could speak about this thing. And reading through this collection of essays from people, it gave me that exact same feeling. It was like, oh my God, like I never put this together that people, that these fandoms really, it's not just Dark Souls, it's not just Supernatural. It's people being accepting about something. And it's people, you know, being able to describe their stories to other people and share that. And it's it's really truly special, like especially when you have the actors involved. Uh, there's so many great stories in there. Uh, I, and I'm, I apologize, I'm terrible with names, but the um, the actor that plays Carlos that gets introduced in season eleven. We're actually we're covering that episode next week. That's our next week episode, and just like his conversation about like getting that role and and playing that role was something that I 
had never known that story. We, I've, I don't remember that character from when I watched it like several years ago. So, you know, hearing him talk about it and like realizing that that's the next episode I'm about to watch was like, Oh crap. <laughs> like this is serious. Like this is really, really yeah. good. Did you like, when you go through the process of collecting these things, do you, are you kind of pie in the sky in it? Like, are you asking anybody and everybody, or did you have specific stories that you, you wanted to shine a light onto? I did. I did. I tried to be, it's, it's interesting because uh, the book that I did before this one, which is called family donut with blood, it has a, a similar makeup. So it's also a book written by the actors and the fans. But for that one, I mostly like asked the actors that I knew well, especially from conventions to write chapters. So Jared and Jensen and Misha and Mark Shepard and Rob Benedict and Jim Beaver, the people who I had come to know pretty well. So it was, it was easy for me to say, Hey, I want to put this book together. Do you want to write a chapter? But it meant that I wasn't as planful about, you know, what sort of the theme of the book was going to be. I just wanted them to tell whatever their story was. And luckily for me, all of their stories were so powerful and went together so well that it turned out to be an extremely emotional book because of what the actors wrote about and how candid they were. But for this one, I really wanted to be more planful because, you know, this is intended as, you know, the final sort of wrap up for Supernatural. So I really wanted to pull together a group of people so that whoever read this book would find themselves in one of the essays, that whatever it was that they had dealt with, however they identified in terms of race or gender or sexuality or ethnicity or ability or whatever, I wanted them to be able to find themselves in the book and feel like Supernatural was something that was for me. So I was very planful this time in who I invited to write chapters. And then the scary thing about that is you invite people that you maybe don't know quite as well to write chapters and you don't know if they're going to be able to write at all. <laughs> so I was pretty scared for a long time. But, uh, what was luckily, what was it like sending an email to Jensen Ackles that said, uh, none of this is acceptable, sir. I'm sorry. You will need to do this again. <laughs> sorry, bud. Uh, can we get a second draft on this yeah, one? Yeah. No, can you get Danielle like, to write this? She seems very capable. <laughs> you joke, but that was my terror with Family Donut with Blood that I was going to have to be like, uh, I'm sorry. Sorry, Mr. Ackles, but this is crap. Like you got it, you got to do better. You have beautiful eyes, but your words do not. (laughs) (laughs) You sound smart when you talk, but what happened when you? Just things really (laughs) fell apart here, Mr. Ackles. (laughs) I I feel I. You don't know. You don't know how relieved I've been with both of these books when I get a draft and I can be like, oh, thank God. Oh, yeah. thank God. This is really good. Oh, thank God. Um, and you you touched upon this. I mean, we, you have every, you know, the names everybody knows, uh, Jared, Jensen, Misha, but you managed to find or were just given so many different unique voices throughout this. Um, there is so much representation in this. And you even talked about, I mean, you touched on it just now, but in the book about how 2005 was a different time for Supernatural and for TV in general, and how maybe because of this fandom, Supernatural has really started to better itself, to to break its tropes and to change its ways to to really appeal to the people that love it and the people who who need it, I guess. Um, and it's, yeah. a, it's a really beautiful thing. And that's really reflected through a lot of these stories. It's not all just um, two white guys doing a podcast who wrote into your book. You know, it's it's all different sorts of people. And I think that's excellent. It really shows the diversity in the Supernatural fandom. Yeah, I I thought that was really important. And from the standpoint of I wanted everybody who read it to find representation in the book, but also Mm -hmm. from the standpoint of I wanted to recognize Supernatural's evolution because, you know, in 2005, in the in the early days, uh, was it problematic sometimes? Absolutely. It was problematic sometimes. Most things were in Mm -hmm. 2005. But I do think and Supernatural is not perfect. No television, no media is perfect. But it has evolved quite a bit, and it has made a conscious effort to try to be representative for its fans and try to bring that representation that's so important. So I I wanted that to be reflected. And again, I feel like damn lucky that the people who I asked to write, you know, it comes through in their words. They're recognizing it, it, both in the characters that they played or in the characters that they relate to if they're fans or in how they themselves identify and they have looked for representation in their own lives. So everybody did just such a beautiful job in bringing that so to life. 
Yeah, a book about one specific thing gathered from so many people could have easily turned out to be the same essay 15 times or 30 times. That, you know? that, was, that was my terror, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that is and, not at all what you get. There is the, every, every entry is heartfelt and emotional, but every entry is uh, unique in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I'm, I'm the editor, so I won't say that I didn't help sort of <laughs> shepherd that along. But it there was were also- a few angry emails to Jensen, but other than that. <laughs> always Jensen, God. Um, <laughs> but really, I, I also, it was really important to me in both this book and Family Don't End With Blood that everybody's voice was their voice. It's not my voice. I don't want it to be my voice. I want it to be their voice. So even though we might have talked about, you know, what do you think you're going to write about? And, oh, okay, that's, how about, yeah, that's really interesting. Do that or tell us about that. It's their voice. So mm-hmm. it's still really credit to them for how it came out. You mentioned in the uh, opening of the book, your experiences on the, of hearing that Supernatural season 15 was going to be the last season and that the series was coming to a close and how much of that was a kind of a flashbulb moment, which I believe is the term that you used in the yeah. in, in the essay. Um, since then, how has that process been to, I guess, experience those feelings? Obviously, like watching the show kind of evolve, knowing that it's going to be a shorter season and then, of course, we're in the middle of a pandemic and now the episodes have been delayed. But like that that feeling of, you know, I've I've built my personal and parts of my professional life around this thing that I love and that gives me so much joy. And now it's coming to a to a close. Like, obviously, that starts off hugely emotional. But what's been the tale of that? Has it been have you been able to find the joy in it, in it coming to an end? Or has it been kind of just said, no, I want a movie. Give me a movie. I want a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I do want a movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't want it to be over. I still don't want it to be over. But it's it's been, it's very interesting. So I'm a psychologist and I teach at, at, at a university. I teach graduate courses at a university. Um, so I'm teaching a graduate course on grief and loss this semester, oh, wow. <laughs> which has been uh, unbelievably relevant. So... Mm-hmm. I have actually used the example of grieving this television show and the losses that come with that as an example, following all through in this graduate course. And there's also some other supernatural fans who happen to be my students. So that's been interesting as well. But like like all grieving and like all losses, it really sort of oscillates. You know, there's sometimes when it really hits you and it just feels really sad and you're really thinking about, oh, you know, this is going to be such a loss, this thing that is so valuable. And then other times your awareness of it sort of goes away. And at those times you can just enjoy it the way you've always enjoyed it. Like the, the mind sort of protects you when it can from constantly staying in the, Oh, I can't survive supernatural ending. (laughs) You don't want to be in that 24 seven. That's really hard. So it's going back and forth. And I've still been able to enjoy the current season and the conventions that I've been to and the relationships that I have. But there's there is always that awareness of, you know, this is this is not going to be forever. So in some ways, you kind of savor that a little bit more, knowing that you're not going to have it forever. Yeah, it's a it was an interesting experience that day. Obviously, you you talked about your experience in the book. I remember hearing it. I was at work just going, wow, damn, like. I, I can't believe it. That's still years away from me because of the podcast. But holy crap, after all this time, it's like they're seriously putting an end to it. And especially watching that video from the guys like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a few minutes later, after I found out, I'm starting to get a few texts from you know people in my family or my friends who know that I love Supernatural. And then my coworker came up to me and she had tears in her eyes. Her desk was covered in uh, photos uh, from conventions and everything. She was really into it. She came up to me. She was like, did you hear? I was like, yeah. And just seeing that look on her face being like, oh, man, it feels like something huge just hit her. I mean, something yeah. had hit me. But like I said, we still have a few years to process through this. This isn't, you know, six months from now. This is three years from now. So we have that leeway to kind of like find our way to the end of the show. Um, but it's it's an immediate kind of whiplash, even though at the time we still had the whole season ahead of you. It's still it, it must. It's an anchor. You know, it weighs heavily on you. And it, it had been so long that it had almost become like, you know, you kind of think something's going to live forever when it right. keeps going on and on and on. 15 years in, you joke about someday it's going to come to an end, but it actually doesn't seem real. So there's a there was a real period of like trying to get your head around it and not being able to for a while. It's almost like shock. I remember at the, I found out when I was at a convention at Lexington Comic Con and I, I was going to do a panel with Ruth Connell 
um, later on that day. And when I went down to find her, we just sort of stopped and just looked at each other, like for this long drawn out moment, because it was just so big and we didn't kind of know what to do with it yet. It, right. it took a while for it to sink in. It's really, it's, as I've gotten older, I've, um, things that have an ending I'm more attracted to, uh, because it's just one of those, you know, stories have endings and generally speaking, stories have endings, unless you grew up reading, like reading Stephen King, like I did, in which case stories have bad endings, but, um, (laughs) it's like, it's, so when the difference between, you know, 2020 Jeremy is, you know, hearing that, um, a series like, uh, that I love, um, like the good place is coming to an end and being like, yes, like they're, they've got the people involved that created that show that know that show that love that show. And they're all going to be there and they're going to end it. And they're going to do the best job they possibly can versus like a 2000 era, Jeremy, which would have thought like, no, I want more, I want more, I want more, more, more. And that's mm-hmm. when I, when this news broke and I, um, it's weird being a podcast person that's not super connected to the fandom because obviously our discord that we have for our patrons was all over it. Twitter was all over it. But then like people that just know that have no interest in supernatural whatsoever, like two days later are sending me EW headlines. Like you like this show, right? It's ending. And I'm like, this is a weird text. Um, but I was, I, I didn't get, I didn't have the, like the sadness wasn't really there for me. Like the thing that I was, I almost got excited because my worry with supernatural had always been like, Oh, it's going to be season 20. And I didn't really believe this. Cause I think Jensen and Jared are two guys that really know what they want to do. And if they're not passionate about something, they would just end it. But like the CW as a network being like, Oh, this is like season 20 and we're still pumping this out because people are still paying us to do so. And then having them announce like, no, we're going to end this. All of the good players are involved. We have a plan. We're going to do this. Like I got excited. Like it made me excited to see what they could do because I love the show so much that, you know, the high highs of Supernatural obliterate the low lows to me. Like we we spend a lot of time poking fun at Supernatural when it doesn't quite get it right. But, um, you know, we've. I, I go back to some of the episodes that we've done and like we're getting emotional on a podcast about a show about Hunks killing ghosts. Like it's ridiculous and it's true and I love it and it's great. So man, when I thought about it ending, I was just like, you know, I, I couldn't help but be a little excited to see what they're going to do. And as, again, as we mentioned several times being in season 11, I'm like, what could possibly, like you see screenshots, right? <laughs> like, and you're like, what, Who, what, who <laughs> yeah. is that? What and is you, happening? You must be a little spoiled. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah certain we, things we, here and there. We jumped ahead. Like we covered uh, wayward sisters because we were both super excited about just the idea of that. So we like jumped ahead, but watching that out of context was like a wild ride on its mm-hmm. own. So it's all oh, the universe yeah. stuff going like, on. I don't oh, know. Happening? where they <laughs> come from? how they come back? It still I can, doesn't make I, any sense because that was an excellent episode, but yeah. you'll 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 it'll read differently when you watch it in order. I I can understand what you're saying, and there is a bit of that for me. Like I also, you know, I have been passionate about shows, not as passionate as I am about this one, but I've been a fan of shows that have really declined in their last season or two, and that's mm-hmm. really hard to watch because you become protective of the quality of the story when you love something. So I can understand that, but I think it's just, it's such a big part of my life and the fan community is such a big part of my life and the Mm -hmm. characters that I just, that, that outweighed any worry that I might have about quality. And I, you know, I haven't, season 15 is not my favorite season and that's been hard because I wanted it to be my favorite season, knowing the whole time this is, you know, these are the last 20 episodes that I get with these characters. I want every one of them to be a masterpiece. And of course, you know, that's an unrealistic expectation, but, but that's been difficult. I think that if, uh, if this show had ended 10 years ago after season five, people would have been bummed. They would have been, you know, sorry to not see Sam and Dean anymore, but now 15 years, even if somebody has been only watching it for half that time, that, it's such a it's it's a thing. It's a part of your life. Even if you're not in the fandom, watching a show for that long makes it something that is in your life for a very long time. And oh, to yeah. not have that comfort anymore, to not get to see those, you know, those faces. I mean, I uh, I used to feel a lot more like the first five seasons were the perfect arc and everything after was like bonus. It was just more time spent with characters that I liked doing 
interesting, fun stuff here and there. And I didn't it, like for a while. I didn't care if the meta plot was good. I didn't care if the you know enemies were interesting or whatever. I just thought, well, I get to see Jared and Jensen have fun and and do some stuff because I enjoy seeing that. Now I've definitely swung swung back around, and I'm really really enjoying everything that's happening, and I'm glad we're here. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I mean, 15 years is a long time. It is. And and you make relationships with those fictional characters. I mean, there's research out there. This is in one of my books. I think it might be in my essay in Family Don't End With Blood. But there's research out there that shows that when you are spending time with your favorite fictional characters, ones that you really have had kind of a long-term relationship with and feel an intimacy with and kind of know through and through, you have the same physiological and psychological reactions as when you're having dinner with your closest friends or family members. I mean, it, it, it is important. It isn't, it isn't just escapist fantasy. The escape right. part is nice too. I mean, God knows we all need that right now, but <laughs> there's more one. to it than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we need Supernatural more than ever. Right? I mean, the fandom yeah. is joking about, well, Supernatural couldn't end now. I mean, yeah. there's just no way. In the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> there's no way. There was a part of me that kind of wondered, like, maybe, maybe because they, they can't finish f- season 15, they'll, they'll just, just keep like going. Re- reschedule yeah. some <laughs> other things and they'll, they'll just do a season 16. <laughs> I'll just do like I, 10 extra episodes. <laughs> I've heard I've heard people say that too, but I'm not holding my breath for that. Yeah. People have commitments for other right. things. So over the over the years with your experience with the fandom, um it, and you were talking about your kind of expectation of season fifteen. Something that I've struggled with personally is having a a some sort of media that I'm really, really into. Like my the, the, the earliest example I can remember is the Dark Tower series, to go back to Stephen King a little bit, which Chris and I bonded over the first time I ever met my wife. Like we immediately went into Dark Tower stuff. Like, well, who do you like? What do you think is gonna happen? And like, this was years before he finished the book. And the expectation of them of him finishing that series almost ruined the series for me because when I read them, my expectations, I'm raising my hands way above my head, which you can clearly see on this audio format. Um, yeah. My expectations were so high that reading them, it just, I, like it, it just got in the way and it took years and years later of going back and like in a place where I had removed all of those expectations. And in fact, in my head, I was like, Oh, those books are trash. I don't even want to read them. I don't even like most of it. And that, that I could actually appreciate it. Do you think that the fandom is going to have that experience? Like, do you think, do you think you're going to see a lot of negative immediate reaction and then kind of a tail end switch back? To like, Oh no, actually this was good. Like now we see what this is happening, but at the time we couldn't, or do you even pay attention to people like talking about the quality of episodes or seasons or things like that? Yeah. Yeah, no, I do. And I, I write a weekly episode review, so I, okay. I don't have the luxury of not being critical when <laughs> I, I, I mean, I just, I can't watch it that way. I, I watch it and I always find things that I love and things to savor because like you guys, I love these characters and I'll watch mm-hmm. them do anything, but I can't shut off the part of my brain that is like, what? No, that's a canon fail. What do you do? Like that is not, <laughs> that is not right. So it's always a mix for me and I pay attention to that. But this season has been a rough season for the fandom because it is just so important psychologically and emotionally and the fandom has kind of split in going different directions so for some people it's become even more important to have that quality so they've been even more critical because they get so disappointed and so like come on we only have 10 more episodes what are you doing wasting time with this and then there's another whole segment of the fandom that is like this is my last time with these characters. Stop complaining. I don't want to hear complaints. I just want to enjoy it. And so there's a real gap between those two different ways of watching it. And it's been difficult for the fandom. There's been a lot more infight. I mean, there's always infighting when there's a group of people. (laughs) There's always going to be infighting. But there's been even more than usual, which I didn't necessarily predict. And, And that's been hard to watch. I watch it because as a researcher... I need to know what's going on. I study fandom, but it's, it's hard to see because I can understand where both those points of view are coming from. Do you think it's going to be like what they do with a lot of uh, previous seasons where it's just the last two episodes of a season are going to just address the whole series? Or do you think that they're going to, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not in season 15, but are they, are they at least attempting to make this seem like a cohesive, here's the end of the road? Or did they start up a new thing that they're now going to have to try and juggle through? Chris, you don't, uh, why are you asking about spoilers, man? <laughs> I'm really curious. I'm very curious. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to answer it without like ruin any, anything for you. Um, I think that's the goal. 
I think that they are trying to do that. Um, some, uh, some episodes have been more successful than others. It's sure. a, it's a big storyline to try. I'll just say it's a big storyline to try to wrap up in a season, okay. but I do think they're trying. And from what I understand, the penultimate episode, I know nobody says penultimate, but the penultimate episode. I'm a big fan of that word. So. We love oh, penultimate here. Yeah. We, oh, good. Right. Huge fans. So huge you're fans. Not, you're right. not snarking at me behind not, your no, hands. No, um, no. Penultimate.cool <laughs> for our penultimate podcast on okay, all, all okay. things penultimate. <laughs> okay. The penultimate episode is sort of a wrap of the arc of the season, I understand. Mm-hmm. And then the last episode is a wrap of the series. Wow. Nice. So take okay. that as you will. And that, kind of sad thinking about it right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it hits me sometimes. When I talk about sort of concrete things like that, it makes it very real. So, yeah. Maybe maybe in happier, happier conversation. Uh, two questions. Do you have a favorite memory of uh, the fandom, whether conventions or meeting people or whoever? And do you have a favorite memory of watching the show? Hmm. Um, favorite memory at a convention? Or just something that, you know you really cherish or something. It doesn't have to be the number one. I won't hold you to it. Yeah, I don't. I've, there's, there's been a lot of conventions. Oh my God. Um, I, I think the first time somebody came up to me at a convention and told me tearfully that my book had really meant something to them and yeah. was something that had gotten them through really hard times, like the show had as well, that that was really important to me. Um, and the first time that Jensen kind of told me what well the first time Jared told me what the books had meant to him and I sort of was like come on and he was like no no let me tell you about like the passages that have really meant something to me and he started quoting from one of my books and I was like oh holy shit he really (laughs) did read it and it really did mean something and then the first time Jensen said that and then asked me to autograph a copy of my book for him because oh, that's sweet. Wow. he had autographed so many things for me. And that was, that was just very nice. I was always um, desperately afraid that, that Jared would one day accidentally listen to monster of the week because I have <laughs> talked about his hair so much um, <laughs> that I'm a little bit embarrassed with how obsessed uh, I've been with this hair. I've, I've weaned myself off of the, um, of the hair a little bit, but there's a lot there. Yeah. yeah. I love that. We had a couple of questions from our from our listeners. If you if you don't mind answering a couple of those as well. Oh yeah, sure, sure. Um, the first is from Ocean Kraken or Oceans Kraken. I forgot the S there. Who uh, who asked? What would you like your legacy to be within the fandom? And uh, legacy is a weird word, so I'm just gonna let you interpret that however you you choose to <laughs> interpret it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I've never I've <laughs> never thought of that. That's a question that I have never considered. Um, but I I hope I really do hope. You know, part of part of the big reason for doing these books was because I wanted them to be inspiring to people. So I wanted people to be able to hold on to the words of the actors who they had really come to be inspired by and to look up to because those would really carry weight. So, you know, when Jared Padalecki writes about times when he has felt really depressed and suicidal and how he came through it, that's super inspiring to other people who look up to him to be able to do that same thing. When somebody in There Will Be Peace When You Are Done, maybe Jensen, um, maybe Jared, writes about what this show has meant to them and how it has gotten them through stuff, that's inspiring to people who read it. So I hope that I've been able to shepherd the process of putting out books that are something that makes a difference to people, that's something that gets them through a hard time and keeps them following that mantra of always keep fighting when maybe they feel like giving up. I kind of, that's such a perfect ending to a podcast. I kind of don't want to read the second question. <laughs> you got to read the second question. <laughs> that's such a great answer. That's the, we're going to edit this all around to make it sound weird. Yeah, it around in post. Right. <laughs> um, the second one comes from dear without um, who asked, um, Writing about fan culture for the last decade, how do you feel the academic landscape has changed in regard to studying TV and fan culture and fandom? Um, and specifically, she mentioned that like back when she was going to, she says uni, so I'm assuming that she's from across the ocean. Uh, yeah. But she said that lecturers kind of look down on studying any sort of TV shows or fandom at all. So she's, I think she's just curious like how that's changed in your opinion, being the academic type. 
It, I mean, it has changed. It's definitely changed. When I started, uh, I didn't even know there was a field of fan studies or media studies when I fell in love with Supernatural. So I sort of dove into it. My field is psychology, so I don't have my PhD is in clinical psychology, so I don't have a degree in media studies or fan studies. But at the time, the whole field of fan studies was so tiny that in one summer, Kathy, who's an English PhD, and me, who's a psychology PhD, we learned and read the entire field of fan studies. Oh my that's, how, that's how small it was. Like we read everything there was. And then we were like, okay, now we, we know fan studies. So now yeah. we could go from there. I have now, never heard anybody say that about any subject before in my entire life. Like, I like, know because it, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And, and believe crazy. me, we read, we read quite a few books that summer. My children were, her children and my children were not very happy with us. Um, but yeah, it was possible then. Now, if you were to try to do that, there's no way you could. So the scholarship in fan studies has just expanded exponentially. That said, what I hear from, I'm the uh, the area chair of the stardom and fandom area of the Southwest Popular Culture Association. So that's one of my academic hats. And what I hear from graduate students is that it's still really hard to kind of get a position in the, I mean, all of academia is hard to, to get right, a position right. in, but it's particularly hard. There's still not many universities that have programs in media studies or especially fan studies. So it hasn't, you know, the scholarship has expanded quite a bit, but the, the field is, has been slower to expand. But don't let that discourage you because we need people doing work in this. And it's really <laughs> interesting. And I can't wait to read whatever it is you're doing, person. <laughs> Lynn, thank you so much for, for coming on and talking about your, your new book and just kind of chatting with us casually. This was so, so great to do. Thank you so much for, for guesting. Oh, it we was, appreciate it. It. Was, it was so much fun. This hour went by like super quick, yeah. actually. I was like, oh, has it been an hour? Oh, yeah. It's been it an hour. Been an hour. And, um, so can you can you give us just like a, a real quick, I guess we've, we've talked about the book, but tell us what the book is. Tell us people, where people can find it or pre-order it or whatever it is. The book is called There'll Be Peace When You Are Done. Actors and fans celebrate the legacy of Supernatural. Um, and I think there are essays by 21 actors and almost 20 fans. So it's it's a it's a pretty big, substantial yeah. book. Um, heavy hitters in here. It, yeah, Jared Jensen, Misha, Richard Spate, Lauren Tom, Shoshana Stern, lots and lots and lots of um, actors who played kind of fan favorite characters, wrote chapters, and and then some fans that people will recognize too, who are maybe YouTubers or podcasters or writers in the fandom. So it, it, I think it's a good group of people. Um, the book also benefits Random Acts, which is Misha Collins' charity that does so much good in the world, and. Oh. And the nonprofit SBN Survivors, which works to do um, suicide prevention and awareness. So it has a charitable component. So when you buy the book, you're also helping those two really important charities that are close to my heart. Um, it'll be released on May 5th, but you can pre-order it right now at the website, peacewhenyouaredone.com. And if you pre-order it, you get free goodies. So if you think Ooh. you're going to buy it anyway... Order it, do the pre-order at the website, and then the publisher will send you free stuff. <laughs> I, if I know anything about people that no listen to podcasts, <laughs> they love free stuff. So, I mean, uh, free. who doesn't love free stuff? Free stuff is always good. If people uh, like you specifically and they, they already have all of your books, where can they find you on the internet to read more of your content? They can find me on all social media platforms at SPN. And uh, the website is fangasmthebook.com. Excellent. Well, thank you again for guesting. This has been an absolute blast. Oh, thanks for having me. It was super fun. Thank you so much. As always, uh, this has been an episode of Monster of the Week. Uh, you, everybody that listens to this knows how they can do all this stuff at MOTWcast, monsteroftheweek.cool, thinkingface.cool. If you want to hear me and Chris talk about emojis for some reason, I don't know why you would want to do that. Uh, you can find Chris on Twitter at Local Bones. You can find me at JG Greer. Thank you so, so much for listening. Thank you again to our guest, Lynn. Go pre order her book. Me and Chris both read it. It's great. The Shoshana Stern chapter she, met, she, read, she mentioned is excellent. It was really, really good. Uh, we'll see you soon with a normal episode. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.
And we're good. Almost exactly at one hour. Wow. Yeah. I, it, it literally just turned seven o'clock. You guys are really organized now. <laughs> We've done this a couple of times. Uh, actually, I guess I experienced. I know. I, I guess we haven't really interviewed anybody though, right, Chris? Like we haven't really. No, done that. that was I was I was very nervous about doing an interview because um, I'm an idiot. So. Um, <laughs> We're very, very excited to have you on. Yeah. Oh, I feel so, that's so cool. I'm so happy to be your first interviewee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we'll have to, uh, if we can ever convince Chris to leave the comfort of his own home, and if the conventions ever actually happen again, then uh, we'll have to all meet up and share a cocktail or a uh, Sprite or something. <laughs> oh, some yes, point. absolutely. Yeah, please let me know if you're going to come to a convention, assuming they ever have them again. Yeah, I'll mm-hmm. be 21 soon, so um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Stop rubbing it in. We know you're younger than us. Cut it out. <laughs> During the podcast, I did realize that I was 14 when Supernatural first aired. Wow. Christ. Wow. Every Sorry. time every time that little factoid comes up, I'm thinking like, I had just bought my first house. I had been I married. I Jeremy feel old. Oh, God. It's, <laughs> he's so young. He's so, and our birthdays are like a week apart. Just by, like a week and a decade apart. It's ridiculous. I have significantly more gray hair, though, Jeremy. So there's, there's that. There you, go. you know, that's the weird thing about fandom and this fandom in particular, but fandom in general, is that people of all different ages are fandom friends. It doesn't matter. It's not based on the same mm-hmm. things that, you know, real life friendships tend to be sort of same age, pretty much. But fandom friendships, man, I have friends in this fandom who just run the gamut, like with you know, 50 years, I think, between them, or maybe not quite that much, but close to it. Yeah, the we first have... Supernatural fans I ever met, I was probably 22 years old. They they were easily 20 years older than me. I was yeah. at a convention. It was back when I used to smoke. I went outside of the hotel to have a cigarette, and I'm drunk, and suddenly I'm in a conversation for 45 minutes with these two women about how much we love Supernatural, and there was a search party out for my friends because they could not find me. They had no idea where I was. They didn't know I was chain-smoking talking about Supernatural, but it was uh, it was my first introduction to the fandom, I guess, so it was very yeah. exciting. And that's that's always the case. They're just, it just it doesn't matter because you have this big thing in common, so it just doesn't matter. All right. Oh, damn! That was super fast. Okay. Okay, cool. got it. Yeah. Do you need anything from me, Jeremy? Um, I'm gonna go ahead and use your normal audio that Local you would send chart. over. Yeah, um, yeah. So send that to me, and I'll I'll line it all up tomorrow and fit it. Fix okay. It. That was fun. It was super fun. I had a good time. She yeah. was great. I'm so yeah. sweaty. I'm so sweaty. <laughs> I mean, she's not off the call. She's just muted. So she could be listening to us talk about our sweat. So you well, Lynn, <laughs> I, have, I became sweaty because of nervousness and anxiety. <laughs> but I had a great deal of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the outtakes. <laughs> Welcome to the outtakes. There's 45 minutes on every episode. <laughs> All right. You got my audio. Um, You're going to upload your normal audio, you said? Yeah, I'll send you my regular audio. Cool. Oh, I named this 173. This is not episode 173, is it? It is not. No, this will be episode like. This is the bonus episode. L- LZ or something. I don't know what it's going to be. LZ. Yeah. Yeah. This is I, primo I, content. Primo content. Okay. I will just save this with the correct name then. What is this? My first podcast? Come on, Chris. Pull yourself oh, Chris, together. Get it together. Dude. Get it together. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII right. comes out this week, Chris. You're going to have to get, 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 get it, it together. together. <laughs> <laughs> when Lynn said, I wanted so bad to jump in when Lynn said, you know, there's no perfect media. I was like, Chris, are you just going to let her talk about Final Fantasy VIII like that? <laughs> <laughs> when I was, I was, that's the only fandom I feel like I've ever like been in, but I, I just haven't gone to like conventions because Final Fantasy fans seem like um, they're just weird. Um, but that's probably the closest I've been to being like super into a fandom. Hey. Hey. Sorry, I was just sitting in the Discord chat waiting for you to come back, and I was like, wait a second, he's not even here. <laughs> Oops. Hey, I'm, I'm Chris in the chat. Yeah, I uh, I don't know how to change my login name at this Yeah, moment. how about you showed some fucking respect, bro? <laughs> I was I was th- worried that you would come in as local bones, and she'd be like, who the fuck are these Yeah, people? no, I mean, it's fine, because it's your... your, your um, Hey, your, your note note sec chris so. you're uh you, you don't have your hand raised right now i'm sorry you're gonna need to raise your hand to talk. <sighs> this is gonna be hard with three people man <laughs> no they've got a little icon you see the little hand icon do they yeah oh, they, holy shit they do <laughs> um hi i'd like to speak oh yeah well you, dude i had to do like a class with zoom or whatever mm-hmm. and uh that was weird let me tell you 
some that dude i think i was telling you he said like first of all it was like all right guys if you have any like questions or like comments like you can just respond to what i'm saying in the chat and there was a chat bar and then there was a QA section so then he brought the QA section up so me and steve are just texting back and forth being like hey uh, hey david um quick question um do you prefer uh console gaming or pc gaming and then just did, like devolving more and more to like uh hey david with the recent release of persona 5 royal we were wondering if you were planning to uh shake up who you romance in this one thanks david <laughs> that's how i spent the hour that my company made me spend on this thing that's fucking hilarious it was Um, like tips for working from home make sure to like recreate the environment you have at work i was like all right guess i'm playing fucking fire on my phone (laughs) (laughs) guess i'm looking at discord everybody Mm -hmm. (laughs) have you podcasted a lot lid um, no, I wouldn't say a lot. I've been doing a bunch of them. I did a bunch of them when my last book came out, which was like three years ago, and then not really very much. And now I'm sort of getting back into doing some of them again, because the new book's coming out. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I'm not an experienced podcaster. Oh, we, we aren't either. We just do it a lot. Like experience. <laughs> <is> a- <laughs> well, you're, you're experienced now. I don't think you can say that anymore. <laughs> um, in many ways, I'd say we've gotten worse at it. <laughs> I mean, you listen to the most recent episodes, so you know. Yeah. I thought it was great. What are you talking about? I, don't, I can't. I'm so like the the thing that happens when you podcast a lot is you record and then you immediately forget about anything that you said on it. So mm-hmm. like, I am struggling because we just recorded this week's episode yesterday. So like, that's all in my head, and I'm like, oh god, I hope all of the poop jokes didn't come across. But I'm like, oh wait, that's not public yet. That, what what did you hear us say? <laughs> Why'd you have to bring that up, Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would never have known. Now, huh? I'm gonna have to listen to that one. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Just so I can laugh. <laughs> All right. 